On this episode of Resi Week, we wrap up ISC 2020, Residio acquires Herman Pro AV, and Sony rehires Jeff Goldstein. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 211, Joe's cell phone. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Chief, the global leader in commercial AV mounting solutions. And by Atlona, the go-to provider for AV signal distribution and control in corporate, higher education, and residential spaces. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, we are pleased to be joined by Jason Griffin. He is the partner or director of partner development at One Vision Resources. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Matt. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Then we have Joss Willis. He is the president at Portal.io. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for sending that email. And last but not least, we have... Joe Whitaker. He is the CEO of Thoughtful Integrations. What's up, Joey? Dude, glad to be back on the show. It's been a while, man. Like It's actually weeks. been a minute for all three no, of you. It's so been like great. months. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. The reason we've been so busy and we haven't had time to hang out is because the last month or so, I have been preparing for ISC, which none of you prepared for because you didn't go. But that doesn't mean we're not going to talk about it. So, gentlemen, this is a, a, a good wrap-up that comes to us from CE Pro and Arlen Schweiger. Uh, he goes around the rye in essentially 30 tweets that he sent out from the show. If you missed it or somehow managed to be on any part of social media and not see uh, the, the drama and the fun that surrounded ISC this year, there was, of course, a massive virus out of China that caused all kinds of drama there. There was weather that hit uh, essentially Eastern or sorry, Western Europe, as well as the UK. It got me across the ocean in uh, like six hours instead of the normal seven, which was fantastic. Uh, There were booth concerns. There were dancing robots that caused outrage, all (laughs) kinds of stuff. So Jason, let me kick this off with you. And and again, none of you were there. So this is going to be very entertaining. (laughs) But do you, as someone who wasn't there, when you saw the coverage, when you kind of followed along, because this is a big show for our channel, did you find that all of the drama affected the, the, the outcome of the show in anything that you were able to perceive? I would say no, not, not anything that I was able to perceive. I think for me, as a, as a U.S.-based residential integrator, ISD has always been a little bit of a difficult show to follow from afar. I, I was lucky enough to go over there once a couple of years ago and really enjoyed it, but I was there, was there just that one time. And I think, you know, this year was no exception. There's so much going on at ISE between pro AV and commercial and residential that following it from afar can be, can be a little bit of a challenge, but you know, everything I took away from it seemed like it was another great show. There was in this story that you alluded to, uh, around the rye in, in, in 30 tweets. I think it was a great roundup. Uh, seems to be a lot of movement uh, continuing. Noticed a lot of the big players in in uh, the residential side, Crestron, Snap AV, Nortec, Savant, uh, of course, Z-Wave, 
all had really strong showings. And so it, it appears to have been another successful show. I know that attendance counts, they expect to be down this year for the reasons you cited. Way down. Uh, in 30,000 so, down. Yeah. yeah and so, so I did hear from people who were there uh, that they could feel that. They could feel that on the show that it was a little bit light, more lightly attended. But, uh, you know, from everything I could tell, it seems like it was another great show. The people I've talked to saw a lot of cool stuff there. And, and uh, you know, it looks like, it looks like all of these companies are, are continuing to use it uh, as a great opportunity to, you know, continue to showcase their innovation. <laughs> Very good. And, and yes, they, they were down 30, approximately 30,000 people, excuse me, from last year. And while that was disappointing, it was excellent as far as navigating the show. It was, it was a dream to get around this year. Uh, Josh, again, following it from, from this side of the pond, normally at ISC, we see a lot of big releases. We see a lot of big product releases we're starting to the last couple of years, see the same trend that we're noticing at Expo and, and even Infocom for that matter, where it's incremental release, right? We're, we're, we're seeing this incremental growth opposed to these massive chunks uh, when it comes to product. Does that affect your desire to, 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 to go to shows, to, to make the investment, to, to do these things when products are, are upgraded with firmware a lot of times opposed to, big flashy boxes i i think most people don't go to the shows for the new products or the new announcements i mean we get new announcements every day so um you know the shows are about the relationships it's about uh seeing the people you know at the different companies it's about seeing what they have new but look guys care about what they can actually install and sell and not necessarily what's coming in three months or six months or whatever. So it's fun to know the technology that's, that's coming soon, but um, guys are really there to do business. And so I don't really think that affects it too much. Very good. Joey, I saved a fun one for you. You and I have talked for, gosh, probably four or five years now about you coming to ISC. It's never really happened. Is the value for residential dealers on the whole you know, you take your average integrator in North America, is it worth their time and their investment to go to ISC? Well, yes and no. So since me and you have been talking about this, I, I haven't went. I personally haven't seen uh, the value for one of several different things. You know, most of what I do want to see, I'll catch at Cedia Expo uh, the last, you know, four years. I haven't really represented Cedia in any capacity. Um, over at ISC. And then there's all, you know, kind of what you're talking about, you know, incremental product launches, um, the flashiness of the big announcement, you know, that's been kind of dying at all shows for the last five or six years. Um, so it's interesting to think of, you know, why me personally didn't go. Value to my business, I could get that at ISC, Infocom, CES, or CDA Expo, you know, locally uh, for a lot less of the cost. And then for, you know, a lot of us that have been doing this for a long time, ISC is, is the international Vegas. Mm -hmm. You know, it was cool when we were going, you know, to CES back in our 20s, but we're all pushing on 50 now. It's like, man, eh, uh, Barcelona now has a whole new, you know, vibe to it. Now we got something new and something fresh. It's just like those places we've been to time and time and time again. Um, you were just, you know, talking about the, attendance. You know, it's one of those, 
then I'm kind of glad um, I, I, ch- I elected not to go this year. When you take into account 30,000 people down, right? Mm-hmm. To put that in perspective, that's more the, than the entire attendance at Cedia Expo. That's walking into that building and not only any members or attendees, there's no manufacturers. It would be ghost town. So, you know, person-wise, put that into perspective. But it was very entertaining um, to, to watch vicariously through social media uh, from, like, people like uh, Ryan over at SI, you know, shooting pictures out the window of the craziness of the wind, um, oh, LG not yeah. showing up uh, because of the coronavirus. Um you know, all these things were kind of fascinating in and of that, that that was the, the final, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you, you always try to end an event, uh, a final event, like on this super big, exciting high point. And then they just got pounded with the worst uncontrollable luck uh, ever. Oh, it, it was exciting. <laughs> Don't get I, me wrong. I, I mean, I mean, you, you can always plan, um, for bad things to happen, I do not think that in this circumstance there was there was no way to plan for that just compiled no. junk that just hit them. You, you know, know, aside from all of that stuff, I think Joe, you could probably say if I'm right on this or not, but I suspect that you know, as a business owner, when you when you take time out of your schedule to go to a show like this, it's you can make it worth your time, right? You can figure out a way to make it worth your time. But when it's over there, you're, you're losing a day of travel there. You're losing a day of travel back. I mean, I know when Cedia moved to San Diego, a lot of guys didn't go because that's a long flight to go from the East coast to the West coast. And so, I mean, that's really what it, what it comes down to. I think for most business owners is that's just a huge chunk of time. I agree. In the last, time I went, I think I was gone a total of a week and a half. So, you know, put that into perspective when you go to CDA Expo here, you know, your max time might be four days with travel, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, it, it is very, very different. And, you know, the mix of commercial, residential, high-end audio and how big and huge it is, it, it does make the logistics of it all uh, a, a little hard. Uh, the, the show is perfect for over there. If you are, you know, uh, a UK company or an India company, even for, for that, that reason, because they're um, such a concentration of populace, you know, over there, you can drive, you know, from one country across three to a four countries. And it's like driving across the state of Texas here. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, you, you have that big, centralized uh, populace, which makes shows like this make so much sense. It's like the strip of shows in, in China. Yeah. Very good. Gentlemen, let's move on to our next story of the day. This uh, was announced late last week and it caught me off guard, caught most of the people I talked to off guard. Uh, Residuo, which I'm probably saying that incorrectly, but the holding company. Thank you. Thank you. Residio. Uh, has acquired Herman Pro AV. If you don't know Residio, they own ADI Global Distribution, which is what makes this a very entertaining story. Uh, if you don't know Herman, they are a uh, value-added distributor out of Florida, but they mainly work in the Pro AV market. Josh, I want to start with you on this one. This caught me off guard. As I said, this caught the majority of the people I've talked to off guard because. ADI, although it is in our space, 
for the most part, it's really heavy on the security aspect, the life Mm -hmm. safety aspect. It's not, yes, they have residential integration products, but that's not the main just of their business. And they're now going after the pro AV side of the business with this acquisition of Herman. What does this look like to you? So I found this one pretty interesting as well. And um, it's, it's no secret that Residio has been on a little bit of an acquisition spree. Um, I think it was in December um, that they acquired three software companies around monitoring. Um, mm-hmm. I think monitoring uh, HVAC uh, and climate in the house, uh, uh, water, um, and then a third one, which was uh, appliances and the healthier appliances in the house. So, They've been out there doing this. Now, I think there's two sort of ways to look at this. Number one is purely as a play into the pro channel. And so I think when you look at it that way, it's, I don't think Herman does a ton of business on the, um, on the pro AV side in terms of a, as a distributor. Now, I think that they're, um, I, I think that what's interesting about it is that you have you probably have Residio looking at this as a way to get their services and their call centers and all of their security monitoring into the pro channel um, because there's a huge opportunity for um, monitoring on the pro side. And then more interesting to me is that it was my understanding now, I didn't get to research this beforehand, but I know Peter Melvin over there at... Um, at Herman. And when I met Peter, he ran their installation services division and they farm mm-hmm. out um, install labor to mostly pro dealers, but they also were uh, pushing into the residential channel as well. And my understanding from the, uh, from the distribution side was the distribution side grew from um, the, the need that came out of them creating this labor force. And so I think what's more interesting about this acquisition is that ADI, a very large distributor with over a hundred locations now has access to a labor workforce. Um, and so how that plays out seems like it's the, the more interesting angle for me. Very good. And yeah, that, that's how I first came to know Herman was through their, their labor for uh, their labor force. Joe, when you look at this, it, taking kind of what Josh is saying and, and kind of pulling that thread, it, is this something where they're just, purchasing Herman for potentially that label first or that, that foothold into pro AV because that's something that ADI has never done. Or is it, is it a push from ADI's dealer base saying, Hey, we need better access to, to some pro AV products. You know, it's to to me, it kind of does make a lot of sense when you look at the overall forecast of um, distribution acquisition. Like, you know, you've seen Snap, you've seen this, that, and the other. And, you know, kind of on a level of quality, especially because what Josh just talked about, about the labor force, is, you know, I've often put them up there kind of in the, the higher echelon, just because of the way they are and they functionally are. You know, up there with the, the Volutones Tones and Wally Winna's companies. And, you know, I've always kind of seen them at a little bit of a higher level um, than your typicals, your ADIs, your AVIDs, your waves, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But for people in the U.S. who dealt with ADI or still deal with ADI a lot, they know that there is a massive amount of pro 
equipment there. You know, what, one of our, our picking grounds uh, is ADI for QSC, JBL. Um, the list goes on and on and on. They have it. You know, some of our best prices for, you know, pro microphones, guess what? They come from ADI. So, you know, they've been playing in that space for quite a while. They just don't have the reputation to support that business or, you know, that installation model uh, that also comes with that. So, you know, what is the key to move more products? You have to have that name and that branding and that recognition. You've seen Snap do that with, you know, Allnet and Volutone and, you know, all of these regions that help them move more in those areas. So you take that, you translate that into Florida. I, I, it's, it's an obvious business win-win on all different levels, especially when those, you know, macro uh, distributors we know, the Avids, the ADIs, those guys, are struggling to keep a foothold because of all of the consolidation of local and powerhouse and all those other distribution models. So I think it's more on the business aspect of we need to push more gear. We need a name behind it to do it. Here's a perfect opportunity because Florida is ripe with that kind of business. Jason, is Joe on the right track? Is it, is it just the acquisition, not just the acquisition for the name, but is the name going to just add credibility to it? Or is it that concentrated push? Because the, the interesting side for me is being up here, our ADI doesn't really play in pro. They offer a lot in the catalog, but you're not likely going to find most of it there. Whereas in the States, it's a little bit more prevalent. Mm-hmm. Is it just that, that concentrated push? Or is this, again, just continuing to see these major distributors widen their, their berth? Are they just buying them before Snap does, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, ultimately, um, I, I think it is an interesting story because if you go back and you look at the history of Residio, they spun out of Honeywell. This was back in 2018, and it was under the explicit directive of smart home. So you go look at Residio's webpage, and it's all about smart home. It's very, very smart home centric. Herman, of course, and ADI, as we've talked about, are very commercial centric. So to me, I think. Clearly, there's overlap. It's not as if they're buying some distribution business that has nothing to do with the smart home. They are different segments of the market, as we all know. But I, I think if I had to guess, this is mostly about like footprint, infrastructure, locations, distribution. It's just having more, uh, again, of that footprint, right? And the, and the fact that they have traditionally sold professional gear, well, they can continue to do that. They can, assuming that's a healthy business, they probably will. They'll continue to get those revenues and, and that margin that comes from that. But I suspect you'll probably, over some period of time, start to see a shift in Herman into more smart home equipment. I'm not intimately familiar with their product mix, nor am I intimately familiar with ADI, frankly. But, you know, again, Residio's strategy is very, very smart home centric. That's yeah. what they're all about. So the fact that they're rolling up companies uh, suggests to me that, you know, they see a lot of opportunity in the smart home. And I think that first and foremost, this acquisition is, is targeted at their, their main strategy of, of, of smart home. And they see enough synergy there that this makes sense. Excellent. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to likely our last story of the day. A familiar face is back at Sony Electronics. Jeff Goldstein, who has spent 24 years at Sony, including several as the head of their consumer integrated systems channel, which is kind of our channel there. Uh, he's back in that role again. 
He left, uh, if I remember correctly, back in uh, 2013, and Frank Stearns took over. He recently left to go to Sound United. So Jeff is back in his old group, shall we say. Joe, is this something that you find interesting? Uh, Jeff's been there for 24 years. He's held this role before. They parted ways for reasons that I don't know. I'm not sure if you do. I'm not sure if we care. But he's back in this. He's back in this same role. <sighs> Sorry, was that too much? <laughs> <laughs> it was a long time ago. No. Yeah. Well, no, uh, a long time ago in technology, not so much as in business. No, but uh, seven, I mean, seven years. To, to he's me, he's been gone for seven years. Now that he's back, it. it, it what does that mean? So, you know, when I, when I saw this, I kind of got excited. And in my head, it was like, oh, my God, Sony's putting the band back together. Um, because, you know, not, not, I will never take away anything from Frank. Frank is amazing. I love Frank. He, every company he's been at, he's done wonders. However, there was a time when there was this, this team. It wasn't just a guy, which was him. Um, it, it, it was a team. I mean, you had a rock star team back when he was there of him, John Lynn, Amy Lloyd, Jason Savage, Kevin O'Loughlin. You had like the rock star team of, of people from all facets working within a company for the CI channel. Every single person understood the channel, understood what we needed in products. I mean, it was, it was amazing. And then Sony went through a culture change and the culture change is what, you know, change things for people like him and Amy Lloyd and Neil Manowitz and Aaron Levine. The, the culture change changed the way the employees and staff worked within Sony. So we saw like a year of dead, like everybody remembers there was a year of just dead. And then Frank came on a year later, things started to pick it back up. And then we come to today. See, now we're back with those leading products and all that, but the market is changing and shifting. And that's where I think his specialization is. I mean, to me, I, I'm not going to be surprised if we see some other team members return or some changes and some culture shift within the company, building back on that, you know, that old crux of everybody that's there knows the industry, knows the way it works and can push compelling products. I, I'm, I'm, that's my crystal ball. That's what I'm thinking is going to happen. So to me, it's excited. I know the guy, you know, I've seen what he can do personally. So yeah, to me. I, that's been the question. Who's go, who's going to replace Frank? Well, there we have it. Jason, as much as I, I like where Joe's head is at on this one, part of me can't separate from this and go, this has got to be somewhat disconcerting to anyone a level below uh, in this role because they, they didn't hire from within. They literally just went and brought back the old guy who used to do this. Is that disconcerting or am I, off, am, am I off, off path on that one? Really, really hard to say. I, I know Frank fairly well. I, I haven't gotten an opportunity to know Jeff. And so I don't know anything about uh, his leadership style and what those, you know, he's coming in to, to lead may, may think of the move. So I, I, I don't want to speculate on it. I think that reading the story, I, I'm excited. I think Sony is, is one of those companies. They're, they're sort of a darling of, of the CI space. And I think for good reason. I think generally... They do a great job of, of making great products and they do a great job of, of, of considering the CI channel. And that's not something you can say for 
a lot of companies. We've seen over the last five to six years, more and more companies start to show up at Cedia who come at it from different markets and they think, well, we'll just come into Cedia and we'll sell it through integrators and we'll give them a little bit of, you know, try to give them a little bit of margin and it'll all be great. And it doesn't work that way. There's so much nuance uh, involved in the CI channel that I think companies like Sony really putting organizational resources into place to focus on making sure that the CI channel is well taken care of is, is fantastic. I love it. And I think that, you know, the thing that jumped out at me in the story is, is Jeff's experience in product development and planning. And that, that is such a, a huge component of this because for, for any sort of, of offering to be successful in, in the CI channel, it really has to start all the way back at the product development. Right. And, and so that I think is, is exciting for Sony as a company. And I think it should be exciting uh, for Sony dealers as well. Very good. Josh, I'll give you the last word on this. You were, you were excited about this story when we talked uh, pre-show ramble. Um, why, why, why did this bring out all the feels for you? Um, I don't know that I would say excited, but it's interesting to me. Um, and it's kind of interesting to me because I look at this as a hire from within. He, he hasn't been removed enough to say that this is an outside hire versus an inside hire. So that's, okay. that's point number one. Point number two is that, you know, when, when you're working, uh, when you're running, for instance, the, the U.S. and North America um, and in CI and your, your parent company is, is overseas, right? And there's a language barrier. There's, there's a lot of very difficult things in terms of doing business, right? So I think that what Frank did, Sony is dominating the market right now. And they're dominating because of what Frank did at Sony. And what Frank did at Sony had nothing to do with the technical side, at least from my, from my observations. It was all about the programs. Frank put the distribution into place. Um, he set up all the programs. And they, Sony has the best programs. When, you know, when, when Sony started dominating the market, I started asking integrators, why did you choose Sony over whatever else, including receivers? Um, and the answer was, well, it's the programs. You know, custom installers sell one TV at a time, right? So when they can sell a TV and a receiver and it's free shipping and they don't have to buy an extra TV to get the free shipping, which is astronomically expensive, they'll go with the better program. And so Frank put those together and that was very difficult to do. And so now that that's been done and now that Sony's on top, they're bringing Jeff in, who I believe his background is on the technical side, which Jason hinted at. So that should be exciting for all of the guys in the channel. Now, here's the thing. Sony's in a tight space. They're on the top of the mountain right now. But Samsung's got the frame and LG's got some killer technology coming out. Both of those companies are really excited about this year. You've got Hisense and Epson coming out with this, uh, you know, the um, front projection or, uh, you know, the short throw projection technology. And, you know, Sony's got their projectors, but it's like they've, Sony's always been a technology company and they're, it's starting to feel like Sony's slipping behind a little bit. And so I think that's a big reason why they chose Jeff to put him back in this role is because he can help them refocus. Now that the programs are in place, all credit to Frank and his team, it's time to get the technology in place and catch up. And, and, and Sony being the technology company, they can do it, but they need to focus on it. And I think that's why, why they brought Jeff back. 
Dad, can I, can I add a reference to what he yeah. just said? What Josh, because Josh hit, hit the nail right on the head. So, for those on this podcast and those uh, and listening and watching, one of the things to keep in mind about you know Jeff and, and what he was and what he does, he was running the show when Sony introduced their first 4K projector. Okay, the first home theater 4K projector, period. He was the first one to take a surround receiver. So he was the first one to actually implement Control Force platform into a third-party product natively. On the technical side, the guy is a genius. He introduced the AR and ES speakers. He, I mean, he was all about that technical aspect. And Josh has hit it on the head. We love the programs. Now let's get on tech. All right. Very good, gentlemen. Let's leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us. Jason, if people want to connect with you, learn more about One Vision Resources, where can they do that? Yeah, onevisionresources.com is the website for that. And uh, I also do a, a weekly industry podcast at hometech.fm. So we'd love to have people go check that out. Yeah, definitely check that out. Josh, thank you, sir, for joining us. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Portal.io, where can they do that? They can do it on portal.io. We help dealers sell more faster and they can email me at josh at portal.io. Beautiful. Thank you, sir. Joe, my good friend, if people want to connect with you, learn more about thoughtful integrations, where can they do that? Uh, they can always email me at joe at thoughtful integrations. Find us on Facebook, which is our most used platform at thoughtful integrations, or you could call myself. Just kidding. I'm not giving you my cell phone number, but you can also find me involved at programs and things at Cedia. And as always, sometimes here at uh, Resi Week. Call me if you want his cell phone number. I'll yeah, happily I was give say, it to you. Email me. <laughs> Just yeah, email, email any of us. I think everyone on the show right now has my cell phone he number. He will so. give you his cell phone number, his home address, whatever you need. We got you. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, thanks again uh, for, for, for joining us and, and for, for spending some time with me. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform, but more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. When you're on the site, you can also see our ISC coverage uh, under the ISC tab. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. I will happily give out your cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We'll just, we'll just give it to Mitchell to post on the page. Is that all right? Uh, there you go. Yeah, we'll tweet <clears throat> it out with the show. <laughs> yeah, 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 do that. <laughs>